reason why one experiences disease and illness is because one is not taking care of their systems because the body is naturally filtering and rejuvenating itself in every single moment. We release toxins through our breath, through our sweat, through our colon, in so many different ways. And in every moment, we are filtering in and out. And the reason why we get sick is because we're not maintaining these systems that do the job for us already. Welcome to Doing It For The Dharma. In this series, I'll be interviewing inspiring women who are following their soul's calling. I'm your host, Maddie Lynch, the vegan yogi traveler, where it is my mission to connect with and spread the message of empowering women on this planet so you too can have the courage and knowledge to take the leap and follow your life purpose. Hey beautiful souls, I am finally back for another episode of Doing It For The Dharma. Okay, it's been a while, I know, but as you are all aware, I am sure, unless you're living under a rock, that we are going through a little bit of a world crisis, and therefore, yeah, wasn't really much time to create interviews, I guess the whole social distancing and whatnot makes it a little bit tricky um but yeah here I am I'm back uh so a lot has changed as you can imagine so before I left uh Hamburg I'm now an Australian I moved out of my place because I thought that I'd be going to Aussie for a couple weeks and then going to Bali for seven weeks however when I arrived in Australia it became very clear very quickly that going to Bali would not be a possibility. Therefore, I was uh, had to face a few options. One of them, to me, didn't really seem like an option, which was to go back to the UK because I just really don't resonate with it there. I haven't lived there for quite a while now, quite a few years. I think I last lived in the UK in 2016. I think in May 2016 I left, possibly. Um, so yeah, it's been quite a while, and to go back to the UK just seems like living torture to me. I know that's really dramatic, but yeah, I just don't resonate with my old life there anymore. Um, and my other option was going back to Germany, but of course I moved out my place, and then they closed the borders, so I don't actually have an address there, so they wouldn't let me in. So my other option was to stay in Australia... And um, I basically managed to find something on Workaway. If you guys haven't heard of Workaway, it's an awesome platform where you can basically travel really easily on the cheap. Um, You do a little bit of volunteering and you basically get free free food and accommodation. So I'm super, super blessed that I found this beautiful Workaway possibility literally in the middle of the Aussie bush. Um, yeah, it's just such a beautiful property. It's like 140 acres of just so much land and so many fruit trees and we're growing so many vegetables and it's just truly incredible. So it's like a little tiny little yoga community. There's yoga in the morning, dance and meditation in the evening. We've had fire ceremonies. We've been doing active dynamic meditations. Um, yeah, it's just incredible like I really can't believe I ended up here it's kind of like I'm living in my own little beautiful bubble while the rest of the world is is going mad so I'm very blessed to be here and um I don't really know how long I'll be here honestly I'm not really sure yeah I guess no one's really sure what the whole situation is going to be like right I don't know it could be a few more months six months a year I don't really know I'm just gonna try and ride the wave and see what comes up um but yeah it's been a really really beautiful place to heal and to process and return back to nature return back to the earth get my hands dirty in the mud and working with the land and we eat off the land we eat the vegetables that we grow and we actually this is like a a permaculture farm so like everything is super super sustainable and reused and eco-friendly and 
it's amazing it's a very simple lifestyle like we're literally shitting in buckets and wiping our ass with leaves at the moment but they're they're really nice soft leaves that are not like they're actually better than most toilet paper brands like these leaves are like real soft (laughs) and we're showering outside all the water we use is collected rainwater so we use solar power so there's only like electricity in the daytime and uh yeah it's it's definitely a lifestyle change but I'm really really enjoying it I'm almost towards the end of my second week here now but I won't talk too much about my time here. I am in the process of writing a blog about it where I'll go into much more depth. But for now, I'll leave it there. And hey, maybe I can even make another episode about the experience here if you are interested. Um, But I'm here to bring you an interview. And I'm so, so excited to bring you this interview. We cover so many incredible topics. So it's with one of the other workaway ladies Amaya who's here and she just holds so much knowledge so much wisdom within her being it blows my mind uh in this episode we talk a lot about naturopathy and how you can use yeah how you can use naturopathy to boost your immune system and these are nice and simple techniques that you can easily do from the comfort of your own home We talk about permaculture, what that is, what it means to live sustainably and within a community and the whole vision that Amaya holds for herself and that many people around the world are holding is this is kind of the only way that we can truly progress as a human race. I would believe we're seeing now that normal society doesn't actually work. Um, And we also talk about the Aquarian age. Now, Maya's an astrologer. She's amazing. We don't talk a lot about astrology in this episode, but towards the end, uh, we do get a bit of a lowdown about the Aquarian age and what that really means. So yeah, this is a super, super fascinating episode. I hope you enjoy it and I'll catch you on the flip side. And Maya, welcome (laughs) to Doing It For The Dharma. Thank you for agreeing to do this. I'm super, super happy. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So before we begin, I would just love to ask you, what does Dharma mean to you? So Dharma to me means following your life purpose. It is being in tune with your higher self and ultimately living out what allows you to expand to your fullest potential. Mm, that is so beautiful. Thank <laughs> <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah, ultimately reaching your highest potential. Mm, I love that. And fulfilling that purpose that we each have. Mm, so important. So I would love to just say, like, for those who are listening, for those who are wondering, like, who you are, how we came to met, how we came to meet. <laughs> oh God, my English is getting bad. Um, so yeah, we're basically right now we're living in this like yoga community in the bush, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Coronavirus refugees. Yeah, literally. And <laughs> yeah, you arrived and we just connected straight Instantly, away. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. So would you be able to tell us like a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, what kind of things you got going on? Yeah, for sure. So. My name is Amaya. I am originally from California, San Diego, California. I would consider myself a devout yogi. I live a very simple lifestyle as of recently, and I would consider myself a mystic, Mm -hmm. just on a journey of love and ultimately a student of life. Mm. I have been practicing yoga since I was 15 years old. And my practice has only deepened and deepened and has come to a point where my lifestyle revolves around my practice. Mm. And as I've deepened it, my lifestyle has changed dramatically. I went from being super into the modern life now to (laughs) chasing a permaculture lifestyle (laughs) and trying to run away from all of it. Mm. No, not run away from all of it, but ultimately just trying to achieve ultimate harmony with my surroundings as well Mm. and how did you make that shift was there a certain trigger that led you away from this materialistic lifestyle and into this more free way of living like what was it that transformed Uh, okay yeah so it was a gradual shift um ultimately it started as soon as i graduated high school i tried the whole college route and 
I all of a sudden I started getting very triggered by my environment, by the people I was with, by the relationships that I had. Mm. And I went through this individuation process where all these questions kept coming to me of who am I? What is my life purpose? Does any of this mean anything at all? And it got to a point where I recognized when I wasn't any time I wasn't doing what I yearned for in that moment was extremely painful for me. And as I became more and more aware of my feelings and more grounded in emotional intelligence and listening to my intuition, I started experiencing a shift in myself where ultimately I felt like I had no other option but to follow my heart's desire. Mm. And now being on that path of love towards myself and trying to embody love and spread it it has led me to (laughs) wanting to live a more simple lifestyle that allows me to be in tune with my environment and with heart and in harmony with nature and i find myself gravitating towards things that will allow me to be more at peace Mm, that is so beautiful and i know that today okay so we spent like three and a half hours today gardening together just some of the work we're doing on the farm and um, we had some super interesting conversations, and I so wish we could have recorded that. So I'd maybe like to dive in a little bit, and if you could just talk about how you grew up, because I know you had a super unique childhood, and you were born into Buddhism and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. If you could share a little bit, that would be really cool. Okay, so, um, so I come from a family, so I am half Mexican and I'm half American, so I am biracial. My dad was in the military growing up, so because of that, I grew up moving around every two years. So that's really helped me become comfortable in change. Mm. And if anything, that is my comfort zone, is Mm. seeking constant change (laughs) and transformation. And I'm very comfortable with new experiences and stepping out of my comfort zone. And not only that, but I was actually born into Nichiren and Buddhism. My mom has been a devotee of nation buddhism ever since she was 17 years old what is that different so nation buddhism is just a sector of buddhism where they chant a specific mantra mm-hmm. which is all about it's a mantra that allows you to experience synchronicity and it's all mm-hmm. about aligning your inner world with your outer world wow beautiful yeah and just based off of the cosmic law of cause and effect so I grew up with meditation. I grew up going to all of these circles with people where we would all openly discuss our life experiences and what we were going through and just really share our journeys of liberation with each other. So I grew up in this very beautiful environment of people very of people being very open with their life experiences, always encouraging one another and of course meditation mm. and connecting back to the breath. I've had some really amazing teachers that have come to me on my path ever since I was a kid. I remember when I was six years old, I had this amazing teacher who taught us how to breathe deeply wow. and how to always six. come back to the breath. And that has stick with me ever since then. Mm. I grew up all around Europe. And then I came over to America when I was around nine years old, grew up there for a bit. And then I went to Mexico mm. and I did my middle school years there and then I came back to California (laughs) and yeah so I've been all around the place just really embracing the change always Mm. and I'd say that my spiritual journey really began because I was I was very fortunate to have amazing teachers come into my life and plant seeds when I was younger Mm. what would you say is the most significant seed that has been planted so far definitely to breathe deep Mm. awareness that you can always come back to your breath so true to inhale and exhale deeply Mm. it's so true because i guess yeah like in the modern pace lifestyle is so full-on so intense and we're taking these like really shallow breaths from the chest right yeah yeah. which just like reciprocates the anxiety so yeah exactly Mm, that's a powerful one it always comes back to your breath Mm. regardless of what teaching (laughs) you may follow what lifestyle you may live i feel that 
it is of the utmost importance nowadays to connect deeper to our breath mm. and to breathe into every single part of ourselves, not just into our chest area, mm. but to experience the breath going down deep into our womb, filling every cell in our body with the oxygen that it requires. Mm. I love that. So important. <laughs> Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> so good. Oh, and I just I just feel like we have so much to talk about because I, I know that you've been doing a lot. Um and I know that you've recently, kinda recently been to India yeah. and did your training and you met the you know, your soulmate, if you like to call him that. Yeah. And yeah, what what sent you to India? Like what was it that was calling you that? Do you know? So I had this feeling that I've always felt attracted to India just because, like I said, I grew up with Buddhism and mm. I also had a natural inclination towards Hinduism and I've been practicing yoga for so long and I know that the yogi philosophy comes from this ancient land. Mm. So I always had this inclination that I had to go to the motherland mm. and go experience its energy. <laughs> and. I got to this point in my life where I just felt like I needed to experience something radical. Yes. So I was thinking one day, what is the most surreal experience that I can go have right now? And India just came to me. <laughs> I love <laughs> and, it. Yeah, it, she showed me every single day mm. <laughs> how true that was, how it was the most surreal thing that I could have experienced mm. in that moment. But I feel like India comes to you. It calls you. Oh, for sure. When you're ready. Mm. Because it strips you of everything. Yes. Kali. <laughs> Kali, yes, definitely. It's um, so powerful. Mm. It's, it definitely teaches you so much about surrender. And I feel like I was yearning for something mm. in that moment. So I had went through this crazy toxic relationship with this guy mm. who triggered everything in me but ultimately triggered my awakening wow. so bless him <laughs> you gotta say thank um, you. yeah thank you <laughs> and yeah I started to become aware of my thoughts and pay even more attention to them I started transitioning into the role of the observer and not necessarily getting absorbed in my thoughts and emotions but observing them mm. and I recognized that I had so much programming societal programming that just didn't serve me anymore mm. so I went through this huge journey of healing of self-love of radical self-acceptance mm. and that beautiful journey led me to me shaving my head going through a journey of rejecting the norm rejecting toxic femininity and empowering myself becoming my own liberator and ultimately embracing who i am deep at heart wow and recognizing that in the end i was the one who i was looking for oh my goodness i love that yeah. that's really powerful yeah because i guess so many of us are like seeking and we feel that like oh this thing we're seeking is like outside of us but actually it's just coming home to ourselves exactly right? yeah i love this like um it's kind of like i don't know mythology or a fable and I can't even remember which religion or background is associated with. This is basically like God or whatever, trying to hide like the power of, uh, like the, the true power of humans. And he's like, someone else is telling him, oh, you know, like hide it in the bottom of the ocean. He's like, no, eventually they'll dive down there, you know? And like, oh yeah, like how about you put it at the top of the mountain? Like, no, they'll climb it. And they go to all these places. And then he's like, I know, I'll put it inside of them. They'll never look there. The present moment <laughs> right here mm. with the breath. Yes. <laughs> oh, so, so good. It's so true. Mm. Definitely. And I know in India you did your yoga teacher training. So I how did. was that? Yeah, so <laughs> it was life changing. So I did this amazing course in Rishikesh. I decided that I had to go to the birthplace of yoga mm. and just soak up the sweet Himalayan energy. And I did this amazing course that was based in Ashtanga and Hatha yogi practice. But it was also a course on naturopathy and emotional mm. rebalancing. Wow. And on top of that, we had many days and workshops on detoxing the body and purifying it. Mm, so the this panchakana? 
Um, is it? Or, oh. No, no, no. Right. It's just all these Ayurvedic practices that we would do mm. to really detox and purge out everything in our mm. bodies. So this course was literally designed to purge you in mind, body, and soul. So wow. it was the most intense month of my life. <laughs> because when you are really in your body, you become face-to-face with everything. Mm. So we're talking about paradigms that we may have that really do not serve us or enable us and limit us deep cellular restoration and purification of who knows what that was in my dna that just had to come out wow and yeah just really releasing all the karma that was binding me up until that moment Mm. and it was such an amazing experience to have most challenging month of my life of course Mm. because no 200 hour teacher training is easy (laughs) (laughs) we're talking we're talking about 11 and a half hours a day just committed to yoga yeah and yeah it was very intense but i felt like i rebirthed myself and Mm. i came out an even better version of myself Mm. even more grounded in myself and if anything that challenge really taught me how strong i was because it always comes back to willpower Mm. and that's something that my teachers would always say (laughs) is that willpower can heal anything Mm. as long as you set out an intention you're opening that space and inviting for healing and for change Mm. and great things to come into your life that's so true because if you think like oh it's not possible then of course you're never gonna let that change and transformation exactly place yeah just the power of free will Mm. yeah and really being able to embrace that and use our and use and exercise our free will Mm. which i believe that is what liberation is about definitely and i think so often like we actually forget that we have free will like we have the choice of our behaviors and how we interact within the world and and in society and even we have the choice of like how we react to everything that's going on right now exactly we have the power to be totally responsible for our energy here and now Mm. and ultimately for the life that we want to create for ourselves the environments that we put ourselves in Mm. have you ever read um the four great the four agreements yeah it's by yes. diego Dries, right? yeah yes. some and don miguel oh yeah don miguel yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and i love it like rule number one don't take anything personally Oof. and like uh, such a tricky one but yeah like i think that was a big lesson for me like knowing that i'm not responsible for someone else's emotions and they're not responsible for mine i think that's a really powerful step it's also very liberating Mm. just because it it allows for people to be themselves for you to hold this space for Mm. them too and ultimately for yourself as well yeah it just unbinds you from other people (laughs) (laughs) yeah i feel like it really helps and allows you to individuate Mm. and recognize yourself as an individual for sure mm-hmm. it's yeah i guess easier said than done but <laughs> it's I a journey it's, it's a life in progress yeah, yeah. it's a work in progress mm. lifelong so could you talk about like you said you did nat- naturopathy on the course as naturopathy, well naturopathy yeah wow that's so interesting yeah because i also did the ashtanga and had the mm-hmm. you know multi multi-style course but we didn't do the naturopathy and the energy rebalancing yeah emotional rebalancing so what did that look like that process so, the naturopathy aspect of it um, entailed, so my teachers, not only were they amazing yogi masters, but they actually were doctors in naturopathy and had yeah. gone to school, had done insane research, mm. were the big and real deal there. Wow. And these courses involved them explaining to us health through the lens of naturopathy mm. and from what they've been passed down from their families. So their belief in health is the reason why one experiences disease and illness is because one is not taking care of their systems because the body is naturally filtering and rejuvenating itself in every single moment. Mm -hmm. We release toxins through our breath, through our sweat, through our colon, Mm -hmm. in so many different ways. And in every moment we are filtering in and (laughs) out. And the reason why we get sick is because we're not maintaining these systems that do the job for us already. Mm. So when you experience a foreign invader, such as like a virus or a parasite, your body naturally knows what to do in that given moment, which Mm. is why we would experience a fever or experience a runny nose or a sore throat, because that is the body's 
autoimmune or sorry it's the body's natural mechanism to mm. fight a foreign invader wow so when you get a fever your body is cranking up the body temperature because nothing can survive mm. in that temperature wow. and then you start to sweat it all out that's so interesting yeah so it's a totally different perspective than western medicine practice so if anything the belief in naturopathy is is that you work with your illness so when you are sick you rest mm. you fast yeah. You try to drink liquids if you can, but if you can't, you really take the time to sit down and experience mm. your illness instead of trying to suppress the symptom. Yeah. Because when you suppress the system, or sorry, when you suppress the symptom, then you are suppressing what needs to come out. Mm, that's so good. I really resonate with that at an intuitive level because I never take like paracetamol or painkillers because mm-hmm. I just think... Yeah, you just need to leave it be and the body will sort it out. The body is so right? much more advanced than we give it credit. Mm, it's so, so there, is, there is an intelligence to it. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, so interesting. It's funny because when I was in India on my teacher training, I got really sick one day. I think I ate some tali and, you know, it was vegan, so I was surprised I got sick. But, um,. Basically, it was, like, dodgy, and I felt like I needed to throw up. Like, I spent the whole day, like, 12 hours in bed. Like, I couldn't be sick. And then I was listening to an audiobook, not related to yoga, but they, st- they started talking about Kapalabhati, fire mm-hmm. breath. And I realized they taught us that in our course anyway and how it, like, helps to detoxify the body. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, Kapalabhati. And I literally did, like, 20 sharp exhales of the fire breath that we did this morning in class. And before I finished the 20, I had to run to the toilet and be sick. And it's like proof that these ancient systems really work on helping to detoxify and cleanse. It was crazy. They were literally made and designed for it. Yoga is the science of (laughs) health. Yes. (laughs) On every single way, mental, Mm. emotional, and physical. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had a very similar experience at my yoga teacher training. So our teachers warned us that we were going to get sick. Mm. They said that it was because since we're doing such deep asana practice that our our bodies were going to start to release toxins, all the impurities mm. from our DNA and from wow. our muscles. It was all going to come out. Yeah. So when we would experience sickness, it was a sign that we were actually healing. Wow. And it completely changed my relationship with how I view mm. sickness and disease and illness and when I need rest days. But... Anyway, so I, there was this one night where I straight up was puking all night. I had diarrhea all night. Mm. I puked almost like a bucket. I didn't know how so much was coming out of me. (laughs) The day after, I felt like I was going to die. I had never (laughs) felt so horrible in my life. No energy. I literally couldn't even hold a cup, let alone get out of bed. And I experienced this for a day. And I could feel like my intuition was telling me that I was releasing something. And my teachers would come in, they would they would check that I had a fever, I was sweating profusely, and they were like, just ride it out, just mm. be present with it. Don't wow. try to escape it, but just be present with it. Damn. The next day, I woke up, and I felt better than ever. My skin was glowing, what? I had so much energy, <laughs> and I just couldn't believe that that had happened. That's incredible. Because I feel like most people, as I did in that moment, we tend to fear our symptoms. Mm. We freak out. We mm. psych ourselves out. So but that true. is the body. Yes. Just naturally purging itself because there is a natural rebalancing system to the body. Like mm. I said, the body is intelligent. It's made to survive and endure <laughs> So true. everything. Mm. So do you have like since you had this naturopathic element for those listening at home do you have any little techniques that they could do to practice naturopathy in a way that can support their immune system or their health in general definitely so what i was taught and what i've been practicing since then is the first thing you should do when you wake up is drink a liter of water Mm. so that is going to wake your body up and because you're asleep during the night that is already a natural fast so the first Mm. thing you should do is hydrate so that can stimulate your digestive system Mm. we also shouldn't sip on water throughout the day Really? no because when you sip on water throughout the day you're actually stressing your kidneys out so if anything you should take cups of water Mm. maybe every two hours but never mix it with food 
because mm. when you drink a liquid and then you eat a solid, you're actually stressing both your stomach and your kidneys. Mm, I've heard that it dampens the digestive like, exactly. juices and stuff. Wow. And of the most important things is to chew your food as much as you can because mm. your saliva is naturally already alkaline. Mm. I love that. What about tongue scraping? Is that something? Ooh, yes, definitely. So that is a yogi kriya, mm-hmm. a practice in Ayurveda as well. So... I would also highly recommend tongue scraping first thing in the morning. Mm, before the water, hey. Before the water. Before you drink it. Exactly. Toxins, yeah. Because the white coat that forms on your tongue is all the impurities and toxins that your body has purged out when you were asleep. Because mm. ultimately, when you're asleep, that is your body doing the work in that time. Yeah. Is releasing everything. Another really big tip would be to not eat before 7 p.m just so you can allow all of your energy to go towards regeneration. So like a fasting day before 7 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, it'd be so hard for me. <laughs> one day, one day. But <laughs> just because if you have food in your stomach, then all of your energy is going towards digestion. Yeah, that's Whereas true. on an empty stomach, that is when your body can actually start to heal mm. and regenerate and restore. Yes. I've had such good things about fasting. I'm just... I'm not quite there yet <laughs> at one point. But yeah, and I, I would love to mention as well with the tongue scraping, like you don't need any fancy equipment. You can literally just take like a metal spoon, hey, and exactly. just scrape, scrape, wash, scrape, scrape. Yep. Yeah, so that's easy to do at home. And did you do any neti pots? Yeah, yeah, so we did We did neti pot, sutra mm. neti. Did you oh, do sutra neti? I actually have them here right <laughs> with Holy me. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and you, you could do it. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. My gosh. Um, Explain what that is. Yeah, is. so... <laughs> <laughs> We're like, what? So you have neti pot, which is, I would say it's... It's like a little tea can, like a mini miniature... You insert the end of it into your nostril mm. and the liquid so the water goes in through your nasal cavity and comes out your other nostril. Mm. So it's actually clearing up all the excess phlegm or mm. mucus buildup that yeah. you can have here in your sinus area. Mm. So then after that, what mm. you do is sutra nadi. Wait, wait, wait. We should just go back just so people know. Um, and you do that with warm water with a yes, bit of yes, salt yes. just to so cleanse. So warm water with a little bit of salt. Yeah. And and then you really need to like snot out everything. So you need to sniff, all sniff, of it out, all the lean dunk. forward out. Yeah. Do it for a couple of minutes just yes. to make sure that you have no water trapped up oh, in your yeah. sinuses. Yeah. We ever like in forward fall and all the water's like drip, drip, drip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. But and, yeah, very yeah. important to sniff out. Definitely. And again, you don't need to actually have a neti pot to do this. It is nice if you do have it. I think you get it online somewhere. But mm-hmm. I've seen people do it with like a cup of water. It's not so graceful, but it, it's possible as well to do that at home if you guys need to cleanse your nose. Yeah. Anyway. Which <laughs> I highly recommend for everyone because mm. it feels very good to be able to take a deep, clear breath. Yeah. I wish I brought mine. I didn't break mine. <laughs> Real big regrets. <laughs> <laughs> you can manifest one. Mm, true. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so after the neti pot, you do sutra neti, which involves sticking this rubber like. Almost like uh, a wire. It's not almost a wi- like a wire. It's not a wire, but almost could be. I don't know how I would explain it. It's um this noodle like. <laughs> <laughs> this noodle like wire that's made out of rubber that you insert. Mm. up your nose into your nostril mm. and you have to do it with your mouth open leaning a little bit forward mm. so as you insert the sutra neti it starts to go up your nose and then eventually it starts to touch the back of your throat Oof. and then come down out through the mouth out through the mouth so then oh. as it starts to come down your throat you stick your fingers into your throat and pull it out and you floss that entire region behind your nose (laughs) and your mouth it sounds very uncomfortable and it is but wow there's so many benefits that come out of that so you floss it and then you pull it out of your mouth and Mm. you sniff out and all of the mucus buildup just behind your mouth and your nasal cavity Mm. area comes out you take a breath 
and it's like you're reborn. <laughs> wow. I always thought that it was like goes up one nostril and comes out the other and you're like, did you No. <laughs> did, did, did you ever try that? Did no, it, work? it freaked me out. I could only get it like halfway up. Okay. Like, ah, I'm scared because I thought it was coming out the other. And my mom, I was on the phone with my mom. She's like, don't do this. You're going to, it's going to poke your brain and like damage no, it. No, I'm like, no. I don't think so, but she scared me. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, it touches the back of your throat right. and it starts to come down. That's hilarious. So and what are some of the benefits? So the benefits of that is just clearing and purging out all of the built-up mucus mm. that can also dry up back there right. and can literally affect your breathing quality. Because in mm. yoga, but also in our life, we want to be able to breathe as best as we can mm. to our fullest ability. So true. And there could be so important. much mucus buildup from air pollution, from all the substances that we may use or even for the food that we eat that can mm. allow for mucus buildup to just be mm. really big and that can totally block your airways yeah mm-hmm. Damn. yeah I, I i probably would recommend for beginners try the nutty pot <laughs> first and if you're a hardcore yogi go exactly go for the next option. but adding to that i'd like to give you a little perspective on that yeah so one of the biggest breakthroughs that i had throughout my yoga teacher training was so throughout the entire yoga teacher training I experienced a lot of discomfort Mm. so the first time our teachers would show us one of the kriyas so kriya is just a yogi technique to cleanse the body so sutra nadi and nadi pot Mm. are kriya methods so our teachers would always demonstrate a kriya method and I would have this natural natural reaction of being like I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you yeah. know, my Western mind was like, Hell absolutely no. not. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. Like, mm. I'm not about to stick that up my nose or I'm not going to do an enema treatment right now. Or mm. I'm not about to make myself throw up all mm. this salt water. Yeah. And I would just have this natural resistance towards everything. But then I went through this entire journey of recognizing and looking my fear in the face of discomfort and asking myself, why do I feel uncomfortable in my body? Mm. It's just my body. This is not a stranger to me. It's not like I'm like coming to a foreign person or a thing. Mm. I've always been here. Mm. So why am I so uncomfortable with discomfort? Mm. Damn. And I went through this huge breakthrough of recognizing that in the end, like my body is not a foreign or alien thing to me. If anything, like I should feel at home here right now, present in it. And it just changed my entire relationship to experiencing illness, to looking at my body, but ultimately experiencing discomfort inside the body. Mm. And just knowing that it's just temporary. Exactly. Right? And that, well, I guess like all of life, like everything is just temporary. All of it. Mm. And the willpower is what drives all of it in the mm. end. Definitely. What, do you have like any tips? or any experiences on how someone can like improve their willpower um so i'd say one of the best ways that have helped me is running mm. so oh, i fucking hate running <laughs> yep, that's a good one i think that that um in the beginning definitely requires willpower mm. but i'd say the best way is to set an intention in the day and actualize it so for me, I feel like sometimes it requires willpower for me to get out of bed early in the morning mm. and go to yoga or do my Ashtanga yoga practice, mm. which can take over <laughs> an hour and a half to go through the entire primary series. But yeah, I'm exercising my willpower through it. So really, anytime you're doing anything that's physically demanding, mm. you know, just... And this is tapas, right? Exactly. This is tapas principle in yoga. Discipline makes you a little bit uncomfortable, but ultimately is serving a higher purpose exactly Mm. so really anytime that you're experiencing discomfort in any given setting Mm. just recognizing that you are the one feeling it in the end Mm. and that you have the power to change your relationship with any given moment and how you experience it Mm. i love that i guess this is relevant to like if you heard of hoffman and his Hoffman and the ice man and he's a dude who's like getting people to have ice ice baths (sighs) and he's teaching them this breathing technique which is basically pranayama Mm -hmm. and um yeah people are like submerged into these ice baths and they stay there for like 10 minutes because they're doing essentially kapalabhati fire breath and I think this is also a way that maybe people can practice willpower at home right but the cold 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 showers definitely so true and I mean we we 
we kind of have that here, right? The cold shower yeah, and yeah. no choice. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay, so I'm going to Gemini Styles. Let's swiftly switch <laughs> the subject. Um, I know that you... Well, okay, so we're living in a yoga community right now, and I know you've had some past experience in Hawaii and everything like that. So if you could talk a little bit about your journey of like how you came to live among communities and, and maybe some of the lessons that's brought you. Okay. Um, very good question. Thank you. <laughs> so... A couple months ago, after I had gone through this amazing journey in India, I came back home to America, Mm. immediately found some seasonal work, moved up to Alaska, and I was working at this resort, stuck there with the same people, just working a very corporate job, and Mm. I kept having feelings of sadness, of pain, Mm. and it was actually during the winter solstice, I did 108 sun salutations. (laughs) And really felt every single one of my feelings and my pain and what the present moment was telling me. I cried a bit. And I was recognizing that I had this emotional need for community. I had this emotional need to be around people who understood me Mm. and saw me and to be a part of something. I recognized that my working environment was not aligned with me. And I recognized that I needed to be a service to and to a vision that I shared with other people. Because mm. I recognized when I was working in this job, I was just selling to a customer. But I didn't want to sell to a customer anymore. I wanted to provide a service mm. to people. And I also realized how important it is to be around people who charge you and who can reflect back to you your true nature and, if anything, feed into it. Mm. and I was just in such a draining environment around people who I just didn't feel like I could connect with on a deeper level so I recognized that I needed an entire lifestyle change (laughs) that I couldn't sell my soul to a full-time job anymore that I had to go experience something new and I didn't really know what I was looking for but I knew that I had to experience a change in my lifestyle completely that I couldn't ever go back so I needed to be a part of something bigger than me I needed to align with the vision I needed to share the same vision with those around me and not only that I had to be around people who were like-minded like me Mm. because I recognized that that was my emotional need in the moment so I went on work away amazing website by the way yes so good (laughs) just shout out to work away (laughs) we love you we love you work away (laughs) so i went on work away and i was living in alaska during the winter so i hadn't seen the sun in a month and i was living in i don't know celsius but i was in negative 55 fahrenheit so very extreme temperatures and I just felt like I had to go to the opposite of that so it just came to me Hawaii (laughs) I heard my inner voice just say go and work away look up Hawaii Mm. and as I was scoping out what was in Hawaii I found my friend's work away profile Andy and Grace who are my soul family now just shout out to them (laughs) so I came across their work away account and their profile and what they were about and they did such a beautiful job of explaining what their projects were and how they had the intention of creating an eco-village, an intentional Mm. eco-village, so a place for community to come together and for people to come together and collaborate with each other, Mm. and all based on flow. So everything was supposed to be done in a harmonious way and really create an environment that was completely free flow. Mm. So I got there, immediately clicked with them, and just experience the other side to it all Mm. just a radical lifestyle change and i dive deep into permaculture what it takes to be completely off-grid but also what is needed of us to be sustainable and work with the land in the most harmonious ways and Mm. i recognize that that really resonated deeply with me because i felt this yearning and this desire to deepen my yoga practice and i recognize that if i could shift my lifestyle then I could even go deeper into my yogi practice mm. to a point where now I am in harmony with the earth, with the environment, with those around me. Beautiful. And it's been such a beautiful experience. And 
now I have this intention to go experience intentional communities around the world because mm. ultimately I am planning on creating my own. Ooh, so I am seeking inspiration, I am meeting people, and creating a network. Mm. And that is how I came here to. Where is it that we are at? I don't Hinter, know. Is this... it Hinterland or Hinter Valley? Shit, I have no idea where we are. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> somewhere just in the bush. Somewhere in the bush. We live in, in Australia. The and it's such a beautiful experience to <laughs> share this with other people. Definitely. Because ultimately, joy is meant to be shared. Mm, oh, oh, so good. And are you able to, for those who maybe aren't so familiar, are you able to summarize a little bit about what permaculture actually is? Yes. So permaculture is a practice of working with the land and trying to be as efficient and as sustainable as you can be with the practices. Mm. So permaculture involves farming, of course. It involves developing and using techniques that are of the most efficient mm. to be able to grow, to be able to create a land in a space where there could be more fertile land so really it just involves efficiency that's one of the main practices of it mm. it's just finding efficient solutions to problems or maybe not problems but just seeking solutions and being innovative with farming yes. practices so good and it's as the a future yeah it's literally <laughs> literally it needs to be otherwise oh mama earth yeah as an example for those listening um where we are now they like collect the rainwater right mm-hmm. and then we use that we fill, we use it for our showers we filter it and we drink it and we use it for washing up and when we wash up that washing up water goes into a bucket which is then used to then water the banana trees for example so yeah very very efficient, efficient yeah it's kind of like german efficiency right <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's beautiful or even a compost toilet yeah so the way that a compost toilet works is we don't have running water here because mm. like she said it's all collected rainwater mm. so the way that a compost toilet works is you can either dig a hole or <laughs> i don't really know what we have right now but or it could even be a bucket yeah, but you do your business shitting in a bucket and wiping our ass with leaves <laughs> with right leaves now. yeah yeah which is amazing because it's, it's very efficient yeah and the way that it works is so you do your business and then you can throw your toilet paper or a leaf Mm. <laughs> whatever you may use yeah and then you cover it with mulch or you could throw yeah. dried leaves in there because naturally decomposes. your poop decomposes yeah and then you can use that decomposed poop mm. and use it to fertilize yes yeah oh, all so the good. plants or the trees yeah so we're using we're in this cycle of mm. of harmony of just synergy of mm. oh it's so beautiful being able to work and live with the land and experience the oneness that there's this intimate relationship with it Mm. where you give back to the land yes yeah oh so good and And that's where i feel like i'm trying to take my yogi practice now Mm. apply it to all apply it to all hilarious and in the last community that you're at what were you doing there like what kind of work were you doing so my friends had just purchased this plot of land Mm. last year so it's still in its infant stages so a lot of our work was clearing land because Mm. this is thick rainforest that we're talking about in hawaii just very thick jungle (laughs) and it's on the lava flow too so Mm. we did a lot of clearing a lot of weeding and Mm. building so we were experimenting with different living situations but we found like a really cool car port tent situation so we would set up a carport tent what and then it, so think of like a is it on the roof of a car no. uh no so it's like a tent that's made for cars so oh. like you, it's like a tent that you would put over it yeah right, and yeah, they're yeah. actually really nice to live in yeah that's so cool. <laughs> but yeah so we did that we were experimenting with different models of living mm. what we could what would be more comfortable um we planted a lot of trees every day But yeah, mostly it was just creating the land and just clearing land for it. Mm. Yeah, but there's still so much work to be done. I bet. Mm -hmm. And what what did your free time look like? Did they have workshops? Yeah, yeah. So we had yogi classes. We had circles all the time. So yeah, the the intentional aspect behind it too is this is community. Like we Mm. are Ohana family. Mm. 
can you explain Ohana? Because you yeah, explained yeah. earlier and it was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple words in the Hawaiian language that are very deep and they are the bread and butter of Hawaii. So mm. if you ever go there, you'll definitely hear it. So you have ohana, which means family. And it doesn't, it's not just limited to blood, but ultimately it's just the tribal, it's just being able to incorporate people into your tribe and treat everyone as your tribe. I heard this on Lila one stitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the meaning that everyone's included in it. Beautiful. So ohana includes everyone and everything. And that was the vibe that this intentional community was putting mm. into yeah so that we were all here for one another that we were all supported by one another and can mm. count on each other because so we're all in this together yes oh so good and then you have aloha mm. which is very similar to namaste in the sense of the divine in me recognizes the divine in you mm. but it also adds this element of i share my joy with you <laughs> yeah so there, there's so much to aloha because aloha is a way of life as well it's the spirit of unconditional love and mm. giving so it's always just the act of giving mm. and that was another element to our community was it was rooted in aloha mm. in the spirit of aloha oh my goodness yeah this is just incredible <laughs> and it's interesting you mentioned the act of giving and love because i'm I'm reading an Osho book at the moment. So we're basically the community that we live in, as you were telling me earlier, is basically from someone who used to live in Osho's. Is it Oregon? Yeah, oh, Oregon. Oregon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's like a lot of Osho books, right? And we do a lot of Osho meditations. And I'm currently reading from Sex to Super Consciousness. Mm. Um, have you read that one? No, I haven't, but I, I saw it. Beautiful. I, 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 I'm on, well, I'll probably be almost done, Gemini. So. <laughs> and um, yeah, he mentioned, he gives this beautiful analogy about like a young boy in a tree. And I won't go into it, but essentially he's like, love wants to give no matter what. And the ego just wants to take. And even when love is like, uh, like compromise or is lo- losing something out of giving, like it still just wants to give and give and give because that is the whole essence of love, right? And it's community. unconditional. It's yes. just the ever flowing mm. source. And this is what, like, I guess this is what the community's foundation is built upon. Because if we're not all giving, then there, there is no community. Exactly. Then there right? is no community. It just doesn't, we're just like regular society. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> take, take, take. Yeah. And that's where the intentional aspect comes in. Mm. It changes the energy dynamic between all of us. Yes. And between our relationship with one another and the world around us. Mm, yeah. So true. What would you say is, like, a bit your biggest challenge that you've overcome so far, like, living in communities? Hmm. <laughs> um, I'd say so far for me, personally, the biggest challenge is maybe not having access to electricity yeah. all the time. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, girl. yeah, so I can't necessarily just go charge my phone whenever I want or really communicate to the outside world but Mm. it has its pros and cons of course yeah you know you trade certain comforts for Mm. a simpler lifestyle so i'd say maybe the hardest one is maybe releasing my attachment from technology yeah yeah so true because we like yeah for those listening we are using solar power here so we can only like charge shit in the daytime (laughs) so yeah if it's not raining too if it's not raining yeah true i think for me it's like because i'm like i love cooking like for me it's like being able to cook in like a full kitchen and have access to all the ingredients and i'm such a foodie i find that a bit challenging um but yeah it's definitely it's definitely a lifestyle change yeah it's definitely but a really incredible and nourishing one. Oh my god and seeing all these beautiful butterflies everywhere it's just and birds uh, and so many different types of trees just being able to wake up to the birds chirping mm, a beautiful symphony yes and the sunrise oh my goodness this place is like heaven it is is. literally so good and And we have an amazing group of people mm, all who are super open to community yes we're very very blessed in that respect okay so we've spoken a little bit about the challenges (laughs) what are some of your favorite things about living Mm, within the community 
So one of the best things is knowing that there will always be someone who's mm. down to hang out, who's yeah. down to collaborate and mm. exchange ideas with. So true. So we were super blessed to have so many people who are open to teaching workshops, yes. who are open <laughs> to teaching yoga and getting together and just having a good chat and just exchanging philosophy. Yeah. So that's uh, always nice. It's just that you're never alone. Mm, so, so true. It's like one big, happy family. Yeah, right? definitely. And everyone contributes. Yeah. And we have people from all around the world. So there's just so much to learn from each other. Mm. We're all teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all teachers, all students. It's so beautiful. And another one of the best things, too, is just being able to be away from all the EMFs. EMFs. So electro, signal, yeah, right? yeah, 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 the radio mm. waves, electromagnetic waves. So true. That can really disturb our sleeping patterns mm. and our biorhythms. Yes, because I'm really one for like not having lights on at nighttime, and we literally have no <laughs> yeah, electricity yeah, yeah. at night, so we have to like stay with the mm-hmm. the rhythm of nature, which is really helping us circadian. And how do you experience well. your sleeping quality? Oh, so much better. Right. I wake up, like, full of energy as soon as the sun's rising. I'm on it. You know, it's only, like, 9 o'clock and I'm falling asleep. So, yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing to wake up with the sun mm. and to go down with it. Yes, well. yeah. definitely. Yeah. So you've spoken a little bit about how your vision is to have your own community or communities. So can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like for you and what would make it your own yes oh thank you for that question Mm, so (laughs) So my dream my vision that i have in my mind as of the moment is i want to have a space perhaps multiple spaces around the world and create a network of people community Mm. and have a space for permaculture practices to go on so I would love to have spaces that are completely off-grid, mm. self-sustainable, and efficient, so yeah. rooted in permaculture. And I would love to create a safe space for self-expression, for self-realization, mm. for the journey of awakening, for healing, for anything that just provide a safe space for all mm. who wish to come beautiful and really emphasize creativity really encourage collaboration and really encourage connection emotional connection Mm. and intimacy yes so really a space for people to come and play oh i cannot wait to come and live in one of your communities (laughs) so good because i feel like most people yearn to connect with their inner child mm, definitely and like in regular... and with one another mm. and i feel like it is my calling to help bridge people bridge together wow yeah that's beautiful yeah because it's like coming back to the child state you know like playing being creative playing with others exactly playing with freedom. others and just really recognizing the fact that we need one another mm definitely yes oh this is so good that the future includes all of us mm, and this um this relates to the aquarian age as well maya is an astrologer (laughs) and i'm feeling that i would love to do another episode with you where you where we focus on astrology because we've already spoken a little bit (laughs) we've already spoken a little while now which i can see why because we have such beautiful conversations but if you could just mention a little bit about the Aquarian age and how this all ties in, that would be really yes, cool. Yes, definitely. So we are currently experiencing the Aquarian age. <laughs> there are many theories as to when it started. I personally believe that it happened when yoga was introduced to the West. So the Aquarian Age is a shift in consciousness for humanity. It is a shift in the paradigms that we hold. It is a shift in the way that we relate to ourselves, to our bodies, to one another, but most importantly, to the earth. Mm. It is detachment from ego, but now a community mindset. So creating a system that benefits and serves all, where all are included, so it's not anymore about me and I, but it is we. Because ultimately, our highest good is the higher good. Mm. It's a collaboration between all. It's being able to live in harmony 
with everything around us and within ourselves. So the shift in Aquarius is a shift in the way that we're going to experience mm. our lives with one another and with our environments. It is a wake-up call to love. Oh, I love it. <laughs> what? Yeah, what a time to be alive, right? So and if close. anything, we are the pioneers for it. Mm. Our generation. I mean, everyone is, ultimately, if mm. you are on the path of love or liberation or really if you're following your dharma mm. we are pioneers for change amen amen oh, so good and do you have like okay so like choosing the path of love over the path of fear do you have like a little message or some advice of like you can maybe give to the listeners who are probably at home self-isolating right now probably receiving a lot of input that is based on a, on fear and scarcity so do you have like anything to say about how we can choose to stay in alignment with love in the end love is what remains mm. when everything is stripped away when all illusion comes down love is what remains and it's mm. all we have and mm. we're made of it uh. and we express ourselves of it we are it mm. and ultimately love is the highest vibration it is truth and if you just observe nature you'll observe this natural harmony and order to everything that already is going on <laughs> so true. and we are of it and if anything, right now, it is a wake-up call for us to recognize that we are already attuned to it. Mm. It's just a shift in our paradigms and our perspective and our perceptions on it. Definitely. But within nature, there's already this natural, beautiful symphony happening. And we're not separate from it. Mm. So good. Thank you so much for <laughs> sharing these beautiful words. And... I just love this whole episode. We like dived into so, <laughs> so many topics. Of uh, course. So happens when you have a Gemini uh, together. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, yeah, I'm. I would definitely love to do another episode with you. Definitely. We can, yeah, we can focus all on astrology because I think this. I know you know a lot. <laughs> I've had the the blessing to receive much of your teachings on that already, and I I think it's really valuable, and we can share that too. Um, but before we end, we'll just do a few funny, like, quick little fire rounds, just some silly little questions. <laughs> they don't have to be in too much depth or detail. Okay, okay. To try not to think too much about the answer. Um, okay, so, if you were to go and live on the moon, you had all of your oxygen, the air that you need to breathe, you had your food as well, what one, like, special thing or item would you take with you? My hula hoop. Oh my god, I love it! <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, so good. Oh, I love it. I love how everyone here has so many little hula hoops and toys. I know. Oh, we're such a flow community. Yes, right? <laughs> so good. Okay, what is your favorite food? Kale salad. Kale, Kale salad. Kale salad with avocado. Oh, yum! Now you're talking with the other. Oh, I love that. <laughs> so good. Okay, so if you were to place a billboard to like the whole world, whole world, and have one message on there, what would you write? I love you. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. And if you were to meet your younger self, maybe sixteen-year-old self. What piece of advice would you give her from this perspective you have now? Allow yourself to enjoy it all. Mm, yes. Favorite yoga asana? Oof. <laughs> Let's say probably sphinx pose. Oh, really? Mm, definitely. Wow. Heart chakra opener. Yes. And just the womb on the ground. Mm. Oh, so nurturing. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite self-care practice? Tongue scraping. Ah! <laughs> oh my god, I love it. That's awesome. And coconut oil pulling. Oh, yeah. that's a good one as well. Mm -hmm. We didn't mention that yet. Coconut oil. Do you want to talk a little, little bit briefly just about that? <laughs> yes. So you can swish coconut oil in mm. your mouth for anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes. Mm. And what that does is it actually removes all the impurities from your mouth. Mm. All the toxins just come out, and on top of that, it whitens your teeth. Mm, yeah. So good. It's an yes. amazing practice to do. 
yes. weekend, every morning or night. Oh, <laughs> uh, I used to do that a lot, and I know that if you're like pitta is really good because it's like a cooling effect. But if you're more vata and if you're more cold, it can be a little bit um too much. So instead, you can have like a sesame oil, something mm-hmm. a little yeah, bit warmer, yeah. right? Yeah, um, just oil attracts oil, so it's gonna draw it all out. Mm, mm-hmm. So true. And okay, we'll go over this in the next episode. But what are your signs? Just uh, just so okay. Knows. So I am a Capricorn Sun. Gemini rising, moon in Pisces. Mm, so beautiful. <laughs> I love it. And I'm really looking forward to diving into more of that. I love well. how I'm like, yeah, we're doing another episode. I haven't even asked you, but I know telepathically we're on the same vibe. Yeah, we definitely are. <laughs> We've oh, already yeah. agreed mentally, so that's good. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for doing this. It's been so beautiful. Thank Such you a- for having me. Oh, I love it. Well, okay, that's all from us. Thanks for listening. Love and light and space to everyone. Well, there we have it. That wraps up my conversation with Amaya. I hope you enjoyed it. Like we mentioned, we will be bringing you another episode all about astrology. As Amaya is super, super versed on the topics. I'm really excited for her to share her knowledge and wisdom with you guys as well. If you enjoyed the episode, I would be so grateful if you'd like to pass it along to a friend or to a family member or someone who you think would resonate with the message as well. And I'm just sending you so much love, so much healing energy. And just remember that love is the path. Keep choosing love over fear because in the end, love always wins. Until next time, guys, take care.